presented by Millie Package. We now welcome on uh, for the second time former Atlanta Braves Gold Glove Award winner and current Braves baseball analyst on Bali Sports, Jeff Francoeur. Jeff, welcome back back on to Division Two Sports. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me, man. Always a pleasure. Yes, sir. Well, Jeff, the Braves got off to a sluggish start to begin 2021, losing their first four games, but responded back nicely in the doubleheader. What do you want to see from this ball club after getting swept in Philadelphia? Well, so I, I think we can talk about the good things first. The starting pitching was awesome. The bullpen outside of the one game versus Washington has been fantastic. So those things bode well. I think. I think the thing that will be interesting to see as we go are, to me, it's two guys that really are key to the Braves lineup. I think Marcelo Zuna obviously had a massive year last year. Now, do I expect him to hit 338 again? No, I don't. Do I think he can put some good numbers up? Absolutely, I do. So I think he's got to be able to start hitting, which I think he will. But I think the key to this whole thing is going to be Austin Riley. With Kristen Pache in center field, you have an unbelievable dynamic defensive guy. Offensively, I think he'll get better as the year goes on. But with that being said, it's early, and you got to give him a chance to kind of grow into that role. So Austin Riley's got to hit, because if not, at least two times in the first, to me, five innings, you know, you got three kind of areas at the bottom of the lineup where, you know, it could be kind of easy for a pitcher to navigate. So I think those two guys are going to be key offensively as we move forward. Jeff, to open this season, I talked to you a few days back. Uh, you told me you'd been calling games in Atlanta with the legendary Chip Carey as the team was on the road. Was that difficult for you guys? And are you ready to get back to the ballpark? Yeah, it sucks, if you want to know the God honest <laughs> truth. Uh, you know, it was just funny. We were in the doubleheader the other day, and – you know, we literally are calling off a screen, and there was a ball hit down the line, and we had no idea that Ender Inciarte even came into the game. They'd never changed anything on the score thing, you know, and so here we are. Chip's like, you know, ball's down left field corner, and Marcelo Zuna's going after. Next thing you know, we look, and we see Ender. And, you know, so you know, we had no idea. And so, you know, look, it's, it's time to get back in the ballparks. It's time to get back calling the games in person because, you know, it's like anything. It's just, it's very difficult. You know, it's, it's okay for me because I kind of talk it down so what happens. But boy, for a play-by-play -play guy like Chip, it is very difficult to kind of know from pitch to pitch what's going on. Right. And uh, going back to the rotation that you were talking about there earlier, uh, it's been, I wouldn't say it's been underwhelming, even though some people around Braves country were a little disappointed with Max Freed's last outing. But I want to ask, do you think that when the Braves, uh, the Braves bring back Mike Soroka, that that's going to be a massive wave of, of momentum in favor of Atlanta? Well, yeah. I mean, you're picking up an ace, you know. It's, you've already got a good rotation that's doing a pretty dang good job. Oscar Enoa has been a, a diamond in the jet, you know, diamond in the rough. And, you know, all of a sudden, you're going to throw Mike Soroka on top of that, and you just lengthen that starting staff. You get another guy in there. And look, I love Bryce Wilson, what he did. I thought he was getting an opportunity for some of the pitch 
you know, or so. Look, I think Waskar's earned that right to start in five days again. We need to win the honor because he was, I mean, if you see on, on Wednesday, he was magnificent. I mean, that slider-fastball combo was really, really good. So I think uh, getting Buddy back in there will just lengthen that rotation. Jeff, moving to the bullpen, Matzik, Minter, Martin, and Smith were lights out against the Phillies, though they struggled in that game against the Nats. The closer position still, still seems to be pretty open. Sean Newcomb's a guy who's coming off a pretty good performance. How do you see uh, the race to be in the closer finishing out for the year? Or who do you see well, becoming the closer by the end of the year? Well, you know what I'd like? And honestly, I think Smith's okay with this. I think between Will Smith and Martin, depending if it's lefty or righty's coming up, I think you could make – one of those guys. Look, I don't know how the bullpen's going to shape up. I know we got a lot of good arms, but I think the one thing Alex did a good job is, for the most part, he's got the offense kind of covered. He's got the start pitching kind of covered. And so if you do struggle and we realize, hey, you know what? We need a bullpen position, uh, you know, at the all star break or the deadline, it's real easy to go get a top of the line arm out of the bullpen. You know, you don't have to give up too you do for a frontline starter or a big bat. So I think they've put themselves in good shape. I got to keep paying attention to that. I think it's getting better and better. It's AJ Minter. Uh, you know, he's got a big fastball, but I'm telling you, that cutter changeup for him, if yeah. he continues to hone that pitch, you see a closer in him coming sooner or later. Very true. So, Jeff, the universal DH is no more, but we did see the uh, new extra innings rule. Are you a fan of this rule? I am a fan um, for this year still just because of, you know, if you got doubleheaders, if you get some games canceled, you know, to, to keep the pitching. What I would like to see moving forward, honestly, is I'd like to see where you play the first two extra innings normal, straight up in the 10th and 11th. And then if no one scores or no one wins and you go to the 12th, then start that rule. I, I personally don't like that rule right off the bat I just it doesn't feel like real baseball to me so i'm still kind of so jeff last time we spoke to you uh you said you believe that ronald acuna jr could become the second best player in baseball behind mike trout uh acuna has lit it up to begin his 2021 campaign do you think this is the year that acuna could truly be an mvp contention i do i do i think I think when you look at it, him and Juan Soto, man, they're going to be switching off for a long time. And 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 I'll I'll throw Fernando Tatis in there too, out in out in San Diego when he's healthy. But these guys are going to continue to get better. And I said it, Ronald's going to hit forty home runs. I really do feel so. Whether he gets forty forty or not, it's going to to me predicate: does he decide to run enough? And, and if he does. Uh, I think he could steal 40 bags. I think it's very possible. Uh, I do think it's a matter of time before he wins an MVP. Same thing with Juan Soto. Same thing with Tatis. I think they're going to – you might see those guys rotate winning that MVP year after year for maybe the next 10 years, maybe for the next decade. So, Jeff, as we record here on Friday, uh, Charlie Morton is on the mound tonight against the Phillies. And you were Morton's teammate back in 2008. Talk to me about what Morton's veteran leadership will do for this team and what you thought of his 2021 debut. Well, Charlie's kind of interesting because he's a guy that's just gotten better and better as he's gotten older. And, and you know, he also 
lot of guys hit that 30 age mark and really start to take off, but he kind of did. And I think he's going to be huge for those guys down, down um, in the dugout. And I think, honestly, he's a perfect guy for like a Max Reed right now. He came off a rough start. You know, he was okay in Philly. Well, I think he can give him a lot of insight on how to turn the page, take it to the next start, not worry about what's happened. But I love his sign. I think he's going to be great. I think we saw him in Philly last week. He was brilliant. He ran into a little bit of bad luck. You know, he walked, uh, walked McCutcheon. He hit Quinn on the back of the foot. So I look for him to get better and better. But I, I and Soroka, I think he can help those guys navigate through lineups and, uh, and just become better pitchers. Jeff, let's talk about another one of your uh, former teammates here, Mr. Freddie Freeman. So ESPN is releasing Freddie Freeman's story this Sunday, I'm sure you know. The two of you were teammates for a few, good few years, and uh, you know better than anyone how much Freddie loves the city of Atlanta and the organization specifically. He had the best year of his career last season. So I want to ask, what was it like getting to commentate Freddie's historic season? And do you expect the team to bring Freeman back at some point in the near future? God bless. I hope they do. <laughs> because that, that piece of the puzzle needs to be there. And he deserves to be paid. Um, he's put 10 great years up here in Atlanta. And he's a superstar. And, you know, it's funny. I played with Freddie. I saw Freddie my first time I was in Atlanta when he was young, just going to big league camp. And then, of course, came back played with them. And I think the one thing people don't realize about Freddie the last two, three years, he's really taken on a leadership role. So when I came back in 16, you know, when he saw him 17, Freddie wasn't very vocal. He wasn't, um, he didn't feel comfortable in that role yet. And I think, you know, myself, Kelly Johnson, A.J. Przezinski, some of those older guys kind of nudged him to, hey, take control of this team. You know, these guys look to you um, for leadership. And no matter how good Ronald and these guys are, Freddie's the heart and soul of this baseball team. And that's not going to change this year. And I think that's why it's so important that the Braves bring him back because it's not going to change in four or five years. He, you know, he is that stabilizer in the lineup in that two or three hole. And to me, the most important thing the Braves will do the next five years is re-sign Freddie Freeman. Absolutely. We got to bring back the MV3 100%. And I'm looking forward to watching the ESPN, uh, the ESPN documentary that they're doing gonna, on him. It's going to be a great piece. You know, I've, I've uh, talked to Buster Olney who did it. It's uh, very emotional uh, with Freddie, with his family, and his mom and dad, um, and what happened to his mom, and just him navigate. So I think it's going to be cool for, honestly, that's why I was so excited that he did what he did last year, because so underrated from a national standpoint. And I think last year with them going to the NLCS, playing the Dodgers, people finally got to see how good Freddie Freeman is. And so I think it's going to be cool for everybody to see him on a different level. Right. You hit the nail on the head there by, uh, you know, talking about how he needs that recognition. I couldn't agree more. And as a Braves fan, it's been nice finally hearing, you know, the, the major league levels giving him the credit he's been due. Um, Jeff, I want to talk about the youngsters on the team. So, Austin Riley and Christian Pache, specifically. Uh, I spoke with Chris Domino recently, and he said that Christian Pache and Austin Riley need to be good enough for the Braves to succeed in 2021. 
what role will these youngsters play in the team's success this year? Well, I think it's huge. I mean, look, I think they got to be good enough, but in Christian's standpoint, this is rookie year. So play awesome center field. I think he's going to run into 15 homers this year. I really do. You know, and I think he'll get better and better as the year goes on. Chipper tells me that mechanically he's one of the best young hitters he's worked with. So I think as I look at this team, Austin Riley, I told you, is a guy for me. He's coming on his third year. He's playing center base, which is a power position. And I know there's been a lot of talk about him working mechanics and this and that, but I would rather see, see Austin Riley hit 230, but give me 35 home runs than see him hit 260, 265 with not a lot of power. He needs to drive in some guys, and we saw it. The other day in that first game of the doubleheader against the Nats when the Braves scored seven runs, the bottom of the lineup got on base. And I know Ender played that game, but, you know, Ender got on a couple times. <clears throat> Austin Riley got on. And they turned it over that top of the lineup to drive them in. So I think it's key. Like I said, that bottom part of the lineup, they don't have to be awesome. Jeff, you were in Christian Pache's position when you were called up in 2005. How important was it for Pache to get the experience he did uh, in that postseason against the eventual World Series Dodgers? Well, I think it was great because he got the experience of, you know, there's going to be no bigger moment he's going to deal with this year that was bigger than what he dealt with last year. So from that standpoint, nothing should surprise him. He should feel very confident um, when he's out there. And like I said, I, I think watching him, I mean, the adjustments he's made in the first six games from a bat to a bat has really impressed me. I think that's been the biggest thing that's impressed me is seeing him the other day facing Daniel Hudson. Blown by him first pitch. Took one the second pitch. Third pitch, he got on top of that thing. Just missed the home run. You know, it just foul. So those adjustments that he's making to me will only bode well for him going forward. And I I think you're going to see him slowly as the year goes on uh, come up with some big hits. Absolutely. Jeff, you played for Bobby Cox, the legend, and Brian Snicker, who's certainly on his way to becoming a legend. Can you tell us how the two of them are similar and why they're such great coaches? Well, Snitz, you know, he's out of the Bobby Cox journey, man. He, he doesn't panic. You lose four games in a row. He's coming into D.C. telling those guys, go out play baseball, do your thing manager be calm and be that way the rest of the team's that way and they kind of take after that and so I think that's the great thing about Smith whether they win six games or lose six games in a row he's the same exact guy when you talk to him and when he talks to his team so I think it's phenomenal he's perfect for this type of team now, when you go through little stretches maybe you're not playing well look I've played for other managers before that you lose three games in a row and I'm telling you they're hitting the panic button But when you got a manager that, that stays status quo, man, it makes all the difference in the world. So, Jeff, you were able to commentate during the 2020 and 2021 MLB playoffs and did an outstanding job. So what are your biggest takeaways from that experience, and do you see yourself having that opportunity again this season? Yeah, yeah. Right now uh, I'll be doing the NL. Uh, 
which would be great if the Braves were in it because I could do the yes. Braves, which would be a blast. Um, but no, I mean, I think the best thing about that is is watching the best players on the biggest stage. And that's why it was so fun watching the Braves last year, even though I wasn't calling that series, you know, to do it. And on the other side, you know, we saw Randy Rosarain in Tampa break out. We saw, you know, the, 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 the Rays bullpen. We saw some of these young players with the A's when I was doing it. So that's the best part is it's the biggest games and players. And I'm dying for the Braves to get back this year so I can be a part of that and, and call them in the playoffs. So Jeff, let's talk about our division, the NL East. So are you buying the hype uh, around the Mets or do you believe they are pretenders? I got to, this is what I said about the Mets. I got to see the bullpen, you know, pitch at a level. And we already saw it opening day, guys. DeGrom goes out there, shoves six innings. They're up 2 nothing, and the bullpen blows it. So I got to see them be able to continuously win, you know, with that bullpen. And if they do that, then you know what? I'll make a believer. I think the one team that I really do think who the Braves are playing this weekend in Philly, I think their bullpen is a lot better. And I think they did a good job. And I think if those starters, it's to me, that team's going to come down to their bottom two starters. You're going to have chasing can those guys the Phillies and but those other two that'll be the key for them and if they do that then I think you'll see them. the Nats I'm not sold on the lineup yet with that being said you know with the COVID stuff we miss Josh Bell we miss Kyle Schwarber so you miss two of their other great players so I think we'll see more of that going forward Jeff, you were able to play around many veterans in your time in Atlanta as a young guy coming in. I want to ask you, do you have one guy that sticks out during your to- your early days in Atlanta that really was a, a vital mentor in your career? Yeah, look, you know, Chipper was so good from a standpoint of he kept you relaxed. He kept you knowing about hitting. Um, you know, I always appreciated that, that, that he always kind of – what guys are trying to do to you, talk to you about pitching and different stuff like that. So that was always big. Uh, he was always great with that. And then Andrew Jones from an outfield standpoint, you know, he taught me so much about playing in the outfield, running balls down, uh, where to be. So uh, I, I'll ever, you know, those two guys for me were so instrumental in what I was doing day in and day out. Right. And you mentioned some fan favorites there with Andrew Jones and Chipper, but uh, you are also a massive fan favorite still to this day around Braves country. You'll see fans at the ballpark wearing that number seven jersey. So growing up in Georgia, what has it been like seeing the fans who supported you as a player now supporting you as a broadcaster? Well, it's fantastic. You know, I mean, I, I, this is what I love doing. I love playing baseball, and I love calling baseball games. And so, you know, when you see, you know, having a chance to, to call your hometown team, to call your hometown team and to have that opportunity, you know, there's nothing better than being able to be involved. And, you know, I root so hard for the Braves that at the end of the day, you know, I have that opportunity to, to call the team I'm rooting for. And, uh, you know, that's an absolute blast. Jeff, it is Masters week, and we do know you enjoy spending some time on the course. 
Uh, we know you play with John Smoltz a lot. Uh, who else is a good current or former MLB player you like hitting the links with? Well, I love, I love, um, you know, playing golf with Smoltzy. Love playing with Chipper. You know, we go back and forth and play all these, you know, different big matches and have fun. And then, of course, McCann and DeRosa. You know, I, I play with those two guys all the time uh, out at River Club, and we have an absolute blast, uh, you know, busting each other, gambling. So it's, it's a lot of fun. It's something that, uh, you know, I totally enjoy and love doing. So, Jeff, final question for you here is, despite the early struggles from the team uh, this season, the team that brings the World Series back where it belongs to Atlanta, and if they are not, who do you see winning it all this year? Well, I tell you what, it's tough to go against the Dodgers, man. they got a great team. They've won seven, eight in a row out there. But, so I, I you know, I really look at um, – the team that's going to come out of it's going to be the NL East or NL West. I look at you got two teams in the West and San Diego and LA who are going to be very good. And I think honestly, you're going to see uh, those two teams come out, one division, one wild card. And I think you'll see my predictions the Braves win the division, and I got the Phillies coming out as the other wild card. And be honest, guys, I got the I got the Braves and Dodgers in the NLCS, and then it's up to them to change the narrative and get to the World Series. Well, we would love to see that. Jeff, as always, great stuff from you. We are ecstatic that baseball is back and all feels right in the world seeing you and Chip back on our TVs. Uh, we look forward to watching you this year, and we hope this is the year for our Braves. Thank you for your time, Jeff, as always, and go Braves. Thanks, guys. Appreciate y'all. Thank you for listening to Division Two Sports. For all Division Two Sports news, follow us on social media at Division underscore Two Sports.